0: Thank you for listening, but please, please, please enter my contest. Please? There are lots of ways to get entries. Just do one easy thing for one entry, or take the time to do several easy things for several entries. The following is also posted on the social medias. Rate the show on iTunes for an entry. An additional entry if you comment when you rate on iTunes. Like the prize package photo or the prize announcement post and get an entry for each like on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Share the prize package photo or the prize package announcement post and get up to three entries for sharing on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Comment under the Where Are You From post, which will go up the same day, and get up to three entries for commenting on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter not on social media, send me an email at livingthroughextinction@gmail.com at gmail.com and put contest entry in the subject line. If you could find it in your heart to do just one of these things, I will appreciate you forever. Moving on, please be advised that I don't just believe shit I hear in podcasts and you shouldn't either. Be skeptical and confirm information before sharing it. Please also be advised that I do swear and I don't bleep that shit out. So, listener discretion is advised. Episode 62 of Living Through Extinction, a short to the point podcast with science, skepticism, environment, wildlife, and ways we as people can be better for future generations. My apologies for the last episode. I still feel like the world is falling apart, but I'm in a bit of a better place now. Better enough to get back to my therapy, which at this time is this podcast. This episode drops June 2nd, so happy Pride Month! I celebrate with two of today's segments gender identity and the whimsical, eye-opening collection of stories called When I Knew. Also today are a segment on lost and discarded fishing gear, and updates on health share ministries and the ever-evolving COVID virus in the deer population. If you've joined me before, then thank you so much for returning. If this is your first time listening to Living Through Extinction, welcome! I hope you find it both fun and informative. On the skeptical segment of episode 53... I explained health share ministries and why one should be careful before giving up all other forms of insurance when signing on with one recently there was a very unfortunate example it's funny that i didn't think to mention religious-based health share on my religious-based privilege segment two episodes ago it really should have been a part of that like many other religious-based things child care 501c3 status therapy if a group of people from a specific religious belief system get together. They can create a health share ministry, which they most often use in place of insurance, and which doesn't have to follow all the rules and regulations of normal insurance. They often get cited for their wording in ads because they unfortunately really do try to make themselves sound as much like insurance as possible. But most are famous for refusing claims for outrageous reasons. You can hear more details about that in the episode 53 segment. Charity Ministries was previously known as Trinity Health Share. They were at one time providing coverage. Can you hear the scare quotes in my voice? Providing coverage to more than 40,000 households. The thing is, they almost never paid out any claims. This ended up leading to lawsuits. As word began to spread about all the declines for payouts and then the lawsuits on top of that, members began to drop out. Less members putting money in plus lawsuit costs, led to Charity eventually having to claim bankruptcy. Now, approximately 10,000 households may have to claim bankruptcy as well, as they have been left with hospital debt that they can never hope to pay because this was their only form of so-called insurance. An estimated $50 million is owed to the members of these 10,000 households by the health share ministry, Charity. So just a reminder, if you really do prefer to go with some form of health share ministry than with something that is regulated, be careful. Investigate. Talk to members who have made claims. If there's anything in writing, read the fine print. Look at it all very carefully. When it comes to unregulated, religious-based health sharing ministries, please be skeptical, damn it. So here's something I never put any thought into before. Lost and abandoned fishing gear, also known as LAFGs, also called ghost gear. It turns out we probably should be thinking about it as it makes up 10% of ocean plastics and 70% of ocean large plastics. A study that was done on the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, you know, that giant accumulation of garbage in one spot in the North Pacific, of this 80,000-ton collection of garbage, an estimated 42,000 tons are mega plastics. And of that 42,000 tons of mega plastics, 86% are fishing nets. LAFGs consist of things such as nets, lines, and traps. Off the coast of Mexico, more than 640,000 tons of these items are dumped or lost every year. In 2018. 300 sea turtles were found dead as a result of entanglement in discarded or lost fishing gear. In 2021, a pregnant whale was found entangled off the Orkney coast. 66% of marine mammals have been affected in some way by the ghost gear. Also, 50% of seabirds and all seven species of marine turtles. Nets specifically can keep killing for decades, even centuries, depending on what they're made from. This longevity and ability to just keep taking out fish makes lost and abandoned fishing gear the deadliest form of marine plastic. It's not only killing animals though, these large plastics are also damaging habitats and ecosystems and littering the ocean floor. The problem is not just growing, but also spreading. The currents are taking these items to Arctic coastlines, also to coral reefs where they become entangled and do serious damage there. I wonder how much of this is lost As compared to abandoned. I understand that shit gets lost, but abandoned? That's not cool, people. Do better. (music) On the wildlife segment of episode 46, I talked about how the white-tailed deer populations in the northeastern US and central Canada are carrying covid I also went into how when a virus like this enters the wild population, it's allowed to continually replicate, allowing for constant mutations, and can eventually evolve into something that can re-enter the human population that might be worse than what we've seen so far. Well, the transmission from deer to human has officially happened, but thankfully at this time, it hasn't turned into something much more dangerous than what we are currently experiencing. A team of Canadian scientists have been monitoring the spread of COVID-19 in deer by taking nose and throat samples from those which are hunted. They discovered a highly divergent coronavirus lineage containing many mutations that is very different from what is currently in the human population. It does not appear to be related to either the Delta or the Omicron variants. In the same region where this lineage was discovered, a man came down with COVID, but it was different from the known human varieties to date. He had recent contact with wild white-tailed deer in the area, and testing showed that he did indeed have the virus that came from the lineage that evolved in the deer population. Thankfully, at this point, it hasn't evolved to a point where it's a huge threat, but it's still out there in the wild, and it's still mutating and evolving. We can't know what it'll be like the next time it jumps from them to us. Deer initially pick up viruses from humans via water contamination, direct contact, food and other animals such as mink when it comes back to the human population in another form it can be from skinning carving etc the public health agency of canada recommends that hunters trappers and anyone who handles wild deer especially inside wear goggles gloves and a mask while doing so eating the meat is fine as a virus is killed through normal cooking means this was what is known as a preprint study by the way It's not that it's a bad study, it just hasn't been peer reviewed or repeated yet. After peer review, it will likely be published in a journal. It's Pride Month, so let's start off with some education in gender identity. One's gender identity is the gender of a person's brain. It's their internal self of who they are and whether they are male, female, or other. A person's gender identity has nothing to do with their preferences or their sex. Preferences who you are naturally attracted to. Sex is about sex organs. Identity is in the brain, and this has been shown, as I'll explain in a few minutes. A transgender person has a different identity from the sexual organs they were born with. A person with a penis may feel female in every way. A person with a vagina may feel male in every way. Where a non-binary person may feel like they do not fall into either of those categories, or maybe they fall into both. There's been a whole lot of not just disinformation, but outright lies about transgender people, transgender issues, and transgender treatments. I'd like to take a moment to applaud the Science Versus podcast for going through all the bullshit put out on the Joe Rogan podcast around this topic. They showed, with peer-reviewed science, That the shit he allowed to be spouted and he agreed with to boot is absolute bullshit. If you've known more than 100 people, you've likely known someone who is transgender. You just didn't know it. It's none of your business after all. Not all trans people are out. Many live their true lives from a very young age. You would never know, and if you show bigotry in your day-to-day life, they would obviously never tell you. The bigots, mainly religious-based ones trying to convince people of their stance, love to use bigoted-based, highly biased, poorly conducted studies to back up their positions. They can't find any legitimate studies, so they create their own, and holy shit are they awful. Like the Littman study. Oh my god, the bigots love to quote the Littman study. Any reasonable skeptic or person of intellectual integrity will take one look at the flaws in this study and see it for what it is. Deliberately created propaganda. If you've heard of this study, what you probably heard was that it showed that kids were becoming transgender to be cool and to fit in. The thing is, this bitch purposely set out to conduct a study that would say what she wanted it to say. That's not skepticism, and it's certainly not The scientific method. First thing to note is that she spoke to the parents. Not the kids. The parents were the ones making the claims that their kids were just doing it to be cool. To be cool. Are you fucking kidding me? One in ten transgender children is sexually assaulted. Three quarters of transgender kids are treated poorly by other kids. And this includes being beaten. And these parents are saying they're doing it to be cool. Fuck them. And get this. The most dishonest part of this, I can't call it a study, this thing that she and her fellow bigots now claim to be a study, the parents she used for her questioning were chosen from a social media group made up of parents who were not supporting the transitions of their children. Do you see why this isn't a study? She literally looked for and chose parents who were denying their kids realities and looking for reasons to call it a phase. The next time a bigot tries to quote the Lippmann study in your presence, you take them down. Expose it for the bullshit setup for bigots like them that it really was. Real studies conducted with honesty and skepticism have shown the truth about gender identity. One real study, presented at the 2018 European Society of Endocrinology's annual symposium, which was focused on the brains of adolescents who had gender dysphoria, was based on brain scans. Cisgender men and women have some visible differences in their brains when images are taken. The most observable are the different volumes in certain areas. When transgender individuals are scanned, their brains match the cis brains of the gender they identify with. A person with a vagina who identifies as male has the brain patterns of cis men. A person with a penis who identifies as female has the brain patterns of cis women. I don't see how it could be any clearer. Your brain is who you are. Their brain is who they are, period. Another real study did an analysis of all the peer-reviewed articles they could find that were published in English from 1991 to 2017 and that reported on how transitioning affected the lives of transgender people. That's a lot of studies that they went through. 93% of these articles found that transition improves the overall well-being of transgender people. Seven percent reported mixed or null feelings. They found zero peer-reviewed studies in that time period that showed overall harm. Zero. They concluded that transitioning is effective in treating gender dysphoria and significantly improving, even saving, lives. It does this by improving the quality of life being lived, by providing a life with greater relationship satisfaction, by increasing self-esteem and confidence, and by reducing anxiety, depression, suicidal ideations, and substance use. The other thing that bigots try to convince everyone of is that this is new. This is some agenda pushed on kids by the liberals. It's batshit crazy, but that's the U.S. and some of Canada now. None of this is new. There has been no sudden increase in the percentage of transgender people. The only increase is in those who are out. A chart of the number of known transgender people from 100 years ago to now starts off very low, has a dramatic increase, then evens out at that top level. A chart of the number of known left-handed people 100 years ago also starts off very low, then has a dramatic increase, then evens out at the top level. The increase happened decades earlier with left-handedness, however. While my grandfather had his hands wrapped with a ruler and was forced to use his unnatural hand, by the time my mom was in school, the nuns weren't enforcing it anymore. Even though left-handedness is a natural part of who someone is, it was not accepted and it was considered perfectly normal to punish kids who were caught using theirs. It doesn't mean there were no left-handed people. It just means they learned to use or fake it with their right and hid the fact that they were naturally left-handed the drastic increase in the chart happens after the church ditched that ridiculous belief. There weren't more left-handed people all of a sudden. There were more known left-handed people all of a sudden. As time went on, more and more became comfortable being honest about their left-handedness until a time came when nobody cared anymore. Some people are right-handed, some are left-handed. So fucking what, right? There is no trend in kids being transgender. If anything is a trend, it is being open and honest about who they are. There's the same percentage of transgender people today as there were a hundred years ago. But thanks to increased acceptance and support, much more open and honest about it and living their true lives. Less are faking it. Less are killing themselves. I truly believe that if you have a problem with that, you are not a good person. Educated people know it's nothing new. It's been recognized around the world throughout the ages. Christianity is what came and changed the way people think of this perfectly natural biological occurrence. Drawings and sculptures have been unearthed that indicate transgender people in the Neolithic and Bronze Ages. Funeral artifacts in Iron Age burials indicate that Iran recognized three genders at one time. Some indigenous cultures called them two-spirit. In India, they were the Hijra. There were even plenty in the late 19th and early 20th centuries who were either out or outed. Actresses, scientists, authors, you name it, they fucking existed. Jack B. Garland lived from 1869 to 1936. In 1899, he joined the US Army. When they went off ship at Hawaii, his captain discovered his secret and refused to allow him to reboard. But his fellow soldiers were supportive of him and respected him based on the man they had known. They ended up hiding him on board until the ship was sailing away from Hawaii those American soldiers were better people than half of America today as far as I'm concerned. Dr. Alan Hart lived from 1890 to 1962. He was a radiologist, a physician, an epidemiologist, and a tuberculosis researcher. Not just a tuberculosis researcher mind you, he is the guy who discovered that x-rays could be used to detect tuberculosis which became a huge help at the time with diagnosis. He was unfortunately recognized at his medical school one day, and the person outed him, and he was forced to leave. He did fine in the end, however. He transitioned, married, published two books, and had two medical practices. So good for him. From 1919 to 1933, Germany had an institute for sexual sciences called Institut for Sexual <laughs> Okay, all my brain hears out of that is sexual shaft, but that's just me apparently it translates to institute for sexology so sexual wisenschaft means sexology sexual, weisensha- sexual weisenshaft sexual wisenschaft sexual wisened shaft sexual shaft shaft of sexual knowledge oh my god i want one okay back to the sexual institute this institute I'm not going to say the name again because it's hard. It appears to have been the world's first institute for sexual science, and it didn't just perform gender-affirming surgeries, but it also employed trans people. It ran until 1933 when the fucking Nazis destroyed it. They are here. They have always been here. Affirming surgeries are overwhelmingly positive on their lives. Support and acknowledgement of gender identities and chosen names absolutely 100% makes for better lives and better outcomes overall for these human beings. If you are not aware of the transgender people in your life and you have had no education in these matters, you can fix that very easily by listening to a few Science Versus podcasts that I highly recommend. They cover all things transgender from actual, factual, not bigoted standpoints. The names of these episodes are trans kids the misinformation battle the science of being transgender and science versus takes on joe rogan again about trans kids three great episodes please go listen educate yourself it makes all of us better i would like to introduce you all to a book it's been around for quite some time but i still find it thoroughly enjoyable This is one of many discoveries I've made at my place of employment. We have a copy with our display books, so I presume my plant worked on it when it was first published. When I Knew is a collection of stories put together by Robert Trachtenberg. It is mostly made up of people's stories of when they first realized they are gay, queer, etc. Though there are also some coming outs and some instances of parents figuring things out as well. Some stories are a single sentence. Some paragraphs. Some stories need a whole lot more room than that. They range from sad to humorous to heartwarming. There are stories from people who knew who they were by the age of four, and stories of people who reached their golden years before recognizing and acknowledging their true selves. It's a fun read, and it reveals parts of the lives of LGBT individuals that many of us may not think about. I'm going to share a one-sentence story that's actually on the back cover as well. Quote, I knew I was gay when the most exciting part of my bar mitzvah was meeting with the party planner. Unquote. There's lots of cute stories like that, but then some deeper and more emotional ones as well. Again, this book is called When I Knew, and I really can't recommend it enough. Thank you for listening. May your health and sanity be replenished daily. My eternal gratitude goes out to the following people. Jason Martin for helping me get started on this project two years ago. I wouldn't be doing this right now if not for him. Kathy Reiner for her musical contribution on the violin. Paul Palmer for his musical contribution on the guitar. He can be found at WPG, Suitcase Drummer, on Instagram, or playing live with Toad Turner. Dustin Harder for composing and recording the new intro and outro for the show. You can find him on Facebook at Toad Turner The Chronicles, Instagram at Prairie Soul Music, Or see him playing live with Toad Turner. And finally, thank you to my family, who puts up with me hiding in my bedroom, reading articles and making notes for hours at a time, so I can actually do this podcast thing, because it really does help me work through my shit. I hope you will choose to join me again in two weeks for episode 62, Correction 63, of Living Through Extinction. If you enjoy Living Through Extinction and would like to support the show, please, 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 please please enter the contest! There are lots of easy ways to get entries. Just do one easy thing for one entry or take the time to do several easy things for several entries. Each of the following actions will get you an entry. Rate the show on iTunes for an entry. An additional entry if you comment when you rate on iTunes. Like the prize package photo or the prize announcement post and get an entry for each like on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Share the prize package photo or the prize package announcement post and get up to three entries for sharing on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Comment under the where are you from post, and get up to three entries for commenting on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Not on social media? Send me an email at livingthroughextinction@gmail.com at and put contest entry in the subject line. So many easy things you can do, and I will be forever grateful if you do just one, please.